Hey, let's have a little fun here for a second and talk about urban legends. I'm talking about those stories where you've heard them over and over again, but nobody really seems to know anybody that it actually happened to. Like, for example, the kidney theft story. You know, this story goes that a person wakes up in a hotel room in a bathtub filled with ice and there's a note and it says, call 911, do not attempt to move. And they realize their kidneys have been, or one of their kidneys has been surgically removed and they are the victim of a black market organ theft ring. <gasps> or what about the stranger in the back seat? You know, this story goes that, you know, there's this person and they're driving alone at night and suddenly they notice a car is following them and they start to freak out. So they, they try to lose the car by speeding up, taking turns, but no matter what they do, the car continues to follow them. Eventually they're like, ha, ah! they pull into a gas station or some other like huge bright light parking lot and the driver of the other car pulls up behind them and they get out of their car and they say, there's a stranger in your backseat. <laughs> that one still freaks me out. I do. I do think about that every time I get in my car. Um, what else does the other one? Oh, they uh, alligator in the sewers. Uh, this one goes that people in New York City used to keep uh, alligators as exotic pets. And when they would get too large, people would release them into the sewer system. And so the legend goes that alligators now have thrived in these dark, damp tunnels underneath New York City, and occasionally they emerge to attack people. <laughs> or my final one, what the toilet snakes. I think this is just from reading too many Stephen King books, but, you know, the one where um, toilet, I mean, snakes crawl up through the pipes of the toilet in reverse, so you sit down in the middle of the night, you know, to pee, and uh, a snake bites your butt. <laughs> Well, today we are hopefully actually debunking an urban legend because, you know, I've heard people say to me, you know, Jen, you talk about EMF a lot, but, you know, I've never met anybody who's actually been harmed by EMF or how do we know that um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity is really a thing? I mean, maybe it's just in people's heads. Well, my guest today is Gabrielle Basharini. Gabrielle and I, along with some other people who uh, this was uh, recorded with a small live audience. Um, collectively, we are members of a uh, kind of goals-based success group. And so we talk every so often. And Gabrielle shared with me uh, how he discovered that he was severely sensitive to EMF signals. And some of the stuff that Gabrielle talks about and shares will sound wild in, in some of the ways he's had to modify his lifestyle. But um, Gabrielle is also a huge fountain of information about things that you have probably never heard of. Um, and even if you're not uh, electro-hypersensitive, it's just really cool stuff. Um, you know, it gets into, you know, physics and, and all kinds of things. So I think this would be really interesting um, for anybody who wants to learn more about EMF. But more importantly, if you're trying to figure out is something literally in your head? <laughs> you're listening to Autobiology, the podcast where you can learn a little biology now so you can think for yourself later. 
Introducing your host who dreams of being on an episode of Star Trek as the quirky biologist who saves the day, Jennifer Little Fleck. Welcome to another episode of Autobiology. Today, um, this is actually the first time I've done a group Zoom call uh, for this podcast. So um, thank you, everybody, for joining me today. Um, I have on several guests uh, from a a group that I belong to, and uh, we decided to talk about... I'm sorry, I'm getting some feedback. Um, But we decided to talk about EMF hypersensitivity. As you know, um, I've discussed this a couple of times, and Gabrielle Basharini, I hope I said that correctly, um, is with us today, and he has been experiencing severe EMF hypersensitivity for about 10 years, and I really wanted him to describe what that feels like, because I think maybe a lot of you listening out there may be experiencing the same thing, but you're not, you're just not sure what it is. And, and so I'd also like to recognize, um, Anna and Anna, you're from Switzerland, I believe. No, I'm, I'm from, it's much more complicated. I'm from Transylvania, but I live in Switzerland. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, uh, that's really cool. And then we have David Green as well. Um, joining us. And all right, so I'm just going to kick it off and really throw it over to you, Gabrielle. You are in France, I believe. That is correct, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. So Gabrielle, welcome. And uh, can you just describe for us uh, really your journey with, you know, understanding uh, EMF hypersensitivity and mm-hmm. how that came about? Well, um I have to say, I don't know when it actually started because um, before me noticing that EMF wasn't having an impact on my biology, I was very sick. Um, like my brain was just a toxic soup. And as I got interested in like natural health, alternative health and um, yeah, biohacking, this sort of stuff, I would notice that there were circumstances at certain times that all the voodoo I was doing wasn't working. And uh, everything seemed to get back to like ground zero, literally. All my efforts, uh, all the symptoms I had experienced when it come, came to like brain fog, uh, indigestion, trouble sleeping and all that would just like collapse and I would be back to ground zero. And um, I can't tell you exactly when I figured this out, but I think it was like coming back from a hike, you know, you go hiking, there's no EMF and you feel right. just great and you come back to your living room where there's that Wi-Fi router and all the symptoms come back. So I started to put two and two together and did a weird experiment where I just stick my head right next to the Wi-Fi router and waited until I passed out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> don't try that at home. Don't try that at home, but wow, that really yeah. happened. That really happened. Wow. That was not a complete blackout, but that was just me like completely enabled. Down. To, yeah, yeah. Seeing white dots and just on the floor. And um, that was, so I'm 30 now. So that was like when I was 21. So that was nine years ago. Um, then started a journey where I just, um, well, I was dealing with other issues at the same time. I was dealing with heavy metal toxicity. I was dealing with mold. Uh, what else? Uh, I was dealing, and I just had actively been poisoned with pesticides uh, working in Australia in the second biggest tomato farm. Um, 
like my complete health crash happened right after that. So I had to go back to France and that's when I started to get involved into health. And that's where I noticed what I just told you about, about the MF. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's interesting. All of these things were kind of stacking together. They are. Yeah. And if there's one thing I've noticed about EMF is that um, in and of themselves, they're really bad, but really it's more so about the perfect storm they do with other aspects of um, health or disease, you'd say, like mm -hmm. things like so pesticides, things like heavy metals and stuff. They just compound and give that perfect storm effect. So when you were when you did the experiments with the Wi-Fi router and realizing, mm -hmm. you know, that was that before you went to Australia? No, that was after. That was no. after. OK. Came back from Australia, completely destroyed, got better, but then noticed that there were times where it was just not like working. OK, so. So once you realize that um, now where you act, you were actively working on all the other things. So once you realized the EMF was, I'm going to say the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's an mm -hmm. American saying. <laughs> um, how did you go about then addressing that? You know, was it, was it active? Did you, what did you do to mitigate that? Because obviously, you know, we live in a world of Wi-Fi, so you yeah. can't completely eliminate it. And it used to be better 10 years ago, but it was definitely enough to like make my life a living hell. So at the same time, um, so got better and I got a job in the national park. Um, and I got very lucky that I was able to like be in nature all day and definitely figure out that, yeah, this was definitely an issue because when I would turn my phone back on, I would definitely notice that my mood would change. Um, some, something was not right. I couldn't give you in detail, whatever, what happens gradually when I get exposed to EMF again. But, um, the experiment I did, what at the time was I went sleeping outdoors. I just started um, to see if like prolonged um, withdrawal from EMF would do a noticeable effect on my health, and it did. So that was my first strategy was complete avoidance. And uh, it's definitely the best strategy overall, but these days it's kind of getting hard. Um, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, so when you can't do complete avoidance, what are you doing? Second set of strategies would be um, cold showers and napping. Like at some point when I would just get fried, my system wouldn't not work and I would just like be dysfunctional. So I had to withdraw from whatever situation I was in. Uh, go take an icy cold shower. Ice bath would be better, as David shows us. And, um, <laughs> and take in waking up from the nap, I wouldn't feel like refreshed. But I would feel like the count, the, the noise has leveled down and I could go back to functioning. Okay. It doesn't have to be a long nap. It could be like a 20, 30 minute thing, but I actually have to like reset my system. Okay. In those moments. So one of the things that I, I'm, I'm going to talk about in a minute is the theory that uh, EMF seems to be one of the triggers for cell danger response in the body. And I know you're familiar with that. It, at what point were you exposed to the idea that the EMF was basically um, telling your brain to shut down? I'm going to answer your question by, by explaining gradually what I feel in the presence of EMF. Like when I get exposed, there's many layers to what I feel and what I've over the years noticed I could um, 
solve. Like there's an electrical component to it, there's a physical component, there's an energetic component. And every time I found a solution, because I, I love to tell you, like, it's just one solution, you know, take baking soda or, <laughs> right. or something easy as that, but it's been it's been a mess. And it's cost me a lot of money to figure out the, the various things I can do to um, peel the, the onion. And as things would work, I would notice, oh, I'm, okay, I'm better on this side, but this side of EMF is, is, is bad. Let me give you an example. Um, when I get exposed to EMF, I start to feel a slight tingling that turns into a burn right here on my cheek. Um, as it continues, it because of something more emotional. I start to get a, n- a nerve and like jittery. If it continues, I go straight up into zombie mode where I'm starting to lose my words, stutter, um, forget like um, immediate memory loss, those sort of stuff, trouble coordinating my movements. And um, then it goes into full-blown mast cells activation syndrome where I release a lot of histamine and people are like, why are you flushing? (laughs) Just say, forget about it. And I just go and do my voodoo and then I'm back online, but definitely there's a process to it. And there, what I've noticed over the years is what I've been able to do for my solution is extend that process. So now I'm much more resilient, but it definitely took um, various interventions to do that. So I'm still sensitive. I cannot stand Wi-Fi or any other um, type of microwave for long-term, but I can definitely function. Okay. So did you ever have, so I appreciate you explaining your symptoms. Um, do you, do you ever have, you know, headaches that come with that as well, or is it really just more focused around the vision and then gradually like moving towards the flushing and the um, histamine release? No, yeah, most definitely. Um, whenever I get exposed, I've never been able to figure this one out, but, um, it feels like my brain is swelling, actually. I feel pressure on this side of my skull. And um, it's always in the same side, like back of the skull. Okay. It feels like my brain is pushing against my cream. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, that just so lines up with a lot of things that I've talked to EMF experts about. And, but at the same time, you know, unless you're paying attention like you did, Gabrielle, I think a lot of people would probably chalk this up to, you know, some sort of viral illness, you know, or, you know, I mean, did that ever cross your mind, you know, that maybe you were just sick with something? Well, I mean, again, in my case, like my health was more of a puzzle. So I told you about the mold exposure, but I figured that out when I was like 26. Okay. So the whole time. So one part of the, the thing that actually lessened my symptoms was actually to address the mold that was living in my sinuses. Um, I don't know if you've been made aware of that, but EMF uh, mold and candida actually and any yeast or like fungal type of um, infections, they actually uh, release, I don't know how many persons, so I couldn't tell you, but their growth is, ex- is exponentially um, bigger in the presence of EMF and their toxin release too. I did not know that. Oh my God, you get so many studies that come out about that. Like high EMF places tend to have uh, lots of more mold. Oh, wow. No, I was not aware so of that. That's amazing. Having them living in, uh, in my sinuses, um, they were actually constantly releasing like neurotoxins in my brain. So um, fixed that up with ozone. So just like put ozone in my sinuses and fixed it up and never got that symptom again. 
and again, like it's uh, it's subtle, but I definitely felt it because I was still sensitive to EMF. But I was like, okay, in that big mess that is my EMF sensitivity, when I did that, I felt a layer peeling off yet again. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you also mentioned that you were suffering from heavy metal toxicity. Um, mm-hmm. I d- I just want to talk about that briefly as well because you know obviously heavy metal toxicity typically presents as neurotoxicity yeah as as well do you know where what your heavy metal toxicity came from i I can't say for sure um (laughs) i mean i've been really sick in my 20s but i've also been doing a lot of um reckless thing i mean i work in various environments i work with like paints for boats i worked in as i said to you pesticides i worked in a lot of these places where like the environment was heavily polluted so i I cannot say when it started and what got me interested in heavy metals was actually emf subjects so the only thing that i did to assess my heavy metal levels was a hair mineral analysis and it came out um very high for aluminum um, I don't have that much mercury, but I definitely have some lead and um, high barium, high strongium. Okay, that's and that's interesting. Too, but, yeah, you know. no, I I'm asking because um, so I don't know that I have a mold issue, but I did have a heavy metal toxicity issue um, with aluminum specifically, okay. mm-hmm. and uh, I mine was due to um, vaccines. And, and I was vaccine injured. And um, so not only did I have a reaction to the aluminum, but I became highly allergic to yeah. any metals whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. um, so, that, so that was something that I was always fighting. And then the EMF stuff came along. And I just, like you said, I feel like the EMF thing kind of stacks up on whatever else is happening and, you know, potentially is that trigger for cell danger response. So are you aware of uh, Stephanie Sneff's work with glyphosate? Yes. She did another set of studies um, linking aluminum, glyphosate, and EMF. And she showed that that's what I, I, I told you about. Like, indeed, like EMF is bad enough itself. But in our modern world, it's just she got that perfect storm coming. And this one is a biggie because this one, I cannot prove it that this is happening to me. But like the last layer of what I feel is my EMF's toxicity is related to that. Let me explain. Um, she showed that when you got aluminum present in the blood plus glyphosate, the presence of EMF actually helps them combine into six other different chem- chemicals like aluminum chloride and all those other stuff. So glyphosate and aluminum were actually paired. And glyphosate is, is a heavy metal chelator. So it does that right. in and of itself. But in the presence of EMF, it becomes even something else and creates those six different compounds Plus the fact that you're probably aware of that um, EMF actually opens the blood-brain barrier. Yes, uh, it allows them to allows that mess to go even further and deeper into the brain tissue. And um, the feeling I get again, I haven't proved that. Only like this is only my feeling now that I've solved all the other areas of uh, EMF that we can come back to later. But when I'm in the presence of EMF, I feel not only like the charge the the buzzing, the the energetic dirtiness that it brings, but I also feel toxic. Like my blood is poisoned, and uh, some of that, I believe, when when I found uh, Stephanie Sinef and Doctor Klinghardt talking about that, I felt like I feel that that's what is happening to me. Because, as I said, when I got poisoned with the 
pesticide back in Australia, there was a distinct feeling of like, I'm poisoned. Yes. And when I get exposed to EMF for a long time, it's energetically, it's subtle, but it's exactly the same quality of like, I'm not just being fried. I'm also poisoned. So, uh, Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was not aware of her studies linking aluminum and EMF to glyphosate. Um, very, very familiar um, with a lot of her other studies on glyphosate, but gosh, Gabriel, that explains so much uh, in terms of, because, you know, for those of you who are not aware, but glyphosate or Roundup is it's, you know, called here, you know, in the U.S. I don't know if they brand it that way in other parts of the world, but, um, you know, it's a weed killer and it is ubiquitous here. Like, it's just, you have to learn how to deal with glyphosate if you have an issue with it, because it, it's everywhere. It's in the soil. It's, you know, um, what they say is what happens is it, it goes through the precipitation, you know, cycle. So it, it now comes down in our rainwater as well. It's everywhere. Um, 80, it's everywhere. Is it 80 billion ton, tons per year? It's just, yeah. it's yes. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I can identify with what you were saying about the feeling of being poisoned. Um, I haven't, I haven't shared yet, but, uh, so I realized I had EMF hypersensitivity probably about a year ago. Um, and be, prior to that, I was just chalking it up to hormones, other things, you know, like that. Um, but what I realized was that I started doing little experiments like you did, and I would turn off certain things in my office and I would feel better. I would turn them back on and I would immediately feel worse. Um, I would start to get the flushing right around, mm -hmm. right around my face, um, just like you. And um, I, I pinpointed actually what specific devices were, were causing it. And then my son did it for his science fair experiment last year, a whole project on EMF. So we got, oh. you know, we, um, you know, we got a device to measure EMF within the house. And sure enough, I mean, these devices that I was surrounding myself with in my office were just like, they were killing me. Um, so, I, but I felt like you said um, that I was being poisoned. And I know what that feels like because I did have um, fluoride poisoning as a child hmm. and I was hospitalized for that for a week. Oh, wow. Um, so I know what that feels like. And it's, I've felt it a couple of times in my adult life with, with, with different things. Um, and when it came and I actually felt that way, to be honest with you, when I had COVID last year, I felt that same sense of being poisoned. It, it, that's just how it made me feel. Um, and it was, you know, the, the whole brain fog. I mean, I can, there's so many connections that I can make to that. And, and, so the major connection that I made, right, was that it's all a form of mitochondrial dysfunction, you know, and that's really what brings us back around to the cell danger response theory. And there's just so many different triggers right now. We're talking about EMF, but it could be a ton of other things as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. All right. So I'm going to share just a, a couple of slides I put together just to help the audience maybe understand um, EMF a little bit better. So is it in full screen? 
It is. Now it is. Uh -huh. Okay, great. I'm actually going to back up a little bit. I can. Sorry, my slide. Oh, there we go. All right. So this is the spectrum. So for anybody who's really not understanding what we're talking about when we talk about EMF is it, it really has to do with the frequencies of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? And the humans typically operate on a pretty low frequency. Um, I learned from a guest, uh, Justin Franzen, that typically when we're sleeping, our brain operates at less than one to up to maybe about eight hertz or waves per second. Because you can see these are waveforms, right? And then when we're talking about something like 5G, we're talking about 2.45 billion waves per second. So our brain operates <laughs> when we're sleeping at less than one and 5G is pummeling 2.45 billion waves per second at our brain. So you can see the problem, right? So when we talk about what it's actually doing in the brain, I love this. And in, in, in both of these graphics um, are taken straight from um, Daniel Debon and Ryan Debon's book, Radiation Nation. Um, they uh, are the founders of Defender Shield. And you can see this is pretty astonishing. When we're talking about penetration uh, into a skull, when we have five-year-olds, you know, their skull is not fully, you know, formed yet. So it goes almost the entire way through the brain. Ten-year-old, we're still covering over half. And then the adult, you know, we get um, mostly, you know, about three-quarters of the way into the brain. So you can understand why, you know, I, you know, I personally, I was concerned, you know, when I saw this about Wi-Fi in schools and, and what the effect that it has on them, my kid, my kids come home and they, they literally are zombies. And I, and this is why, because think about all, you know, it's not just Wi-Fi there, it's all the other things like we were talking about, you know, just in our offices. So what is that doing? Well, it, it's essentially causing inflammation and potentially DNA damage. And, you know, right here, what we're seeing is like a single stranded DNA break, double stranded DNA breaks, which are also possible, are typically what lead to very bad outcomes, including like, uh, you know, cancers and extreme chronic illness, because the body just, it can't, it doesn't have the machinery anymore to repair itself. It can't replicate cells correctly because the DNA is, is damaged. And so it's, it's trying to repair, it's trying to guess, you know, what those proteins are that they're supposed to be making. Um, but that's, you know, direct damage from EMF radiation. So back to this slide. So I thought your, Gabrielle, I thought your uh, symptom description was, was interesting um, because we know that there is a very specific ophthalmologic symptoms, like you were saying. Um, but also look at the dermatological burning sensations, exactly like you and I both described, you know, face and neck swelling, 
Um, but, but it, you know, when we ha- when we think about EMF, I think a lot of times we just think about the brain, but it is full body. Yeah, issues. there's so many. I haven't gone through the full list because it would take. I mean, I could it could go through a full list because there's something that corresponds to this, but uh, definitely like the skin thing is a biggie. I actually feel it on the level of my thyroid, like my voice feels, uh, my voice box feels completely like constrained when I'm exposed to EMF. Uh, the noise too. I don't know about you, but it feels, and that's where any, you'd say, <laughs> conventionally trained shrink would think I'm completely bipolar, but there's a feeling of like, there's noise in my head, but it's silent noise. S- similar to as when you're trying, you're in the midst of a crowd and you're trying to like focus on someone talking next to you or something. And there's that noise effect. You can't get everything when I'm exposed to EMF and I'm starting to have a conversation and then there's a Wi-Fi router. I still I have the same feeling of like there's a thickness between me and the person. Like noise enters my head and I'm having a lot of trouble to focus on what she says or what he says. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely understand. It's like a white noise. And a lot of times for me, especially if I'm driving and I drive past huge towers, um, I immediately get tinnitus. Yeah. Oh, this thing has been, so that's one of the symptoms I haven't been able to resolve. I've been, I've had tinnitus for like 10 years and it doesn't go away. Only goes away when I go camping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, this is like, this is so interesting talking, really talking to somebody else who, um, who understands how you feel. This is really great. All right. So I'm, this is Dr. Robert Navio and he is the one who has been doing experiments on mitochondria in his lab to try and explain uh, a lot of typically brain issues. So what he talks about a lot um, in this clip, he'll refer to ME-CFS, which is you know basically microcephalus or chronic fatigue syndrome is how most people understand it. But that was like the basis of his research was trying to understand what is happening with chronic fatigue syndrome um, but he, it ended up really sort of encompassing all of these other disease states, as you'll see um, in this clip. And I, I believe this clip is about four, four or five minutes. John Bright, that self-defense is oldest law. All of us sitting in this room here today have received genes from our ancestors that allowed them to survive every famine, every viral infection, every plague, every hard winter until they had at least their first child from whom we descend. Okay, So we have that gene pool that allowed our ancestors to survive all of their stresses. But there are new stresses in our environment today that our ancestors had never encountered. So our genes are working with environmental changes that our ancestors never had before. And that is leading to a a wave of new diseases that medicine has never seen and an increase in diseases that were very rare before. So mitochondria are, you know, like canaries in the coal mine. Their metabolism is so fast. Literally, they're breathing so fast that small changes in their ability to breathe actually allows them to detect stress and toxicity in the environment. So They are the regulators of cell oxygen. They are the regulators of cellular defense. This can't be um, overstated. Mitochondria, I'll talk about mitochondria having two roles in the cell. One is energy, one is cellular defense. Power, 
they conduct over 500 chemical reactions in metabolism. But when they encounter danger, they send out danger signals. Okay? And these signals are received by molecular receptors on our cells that cause the cell to change its mission orders. It shifts from daily housekeeping functions, health, to defending. So a lot of time, we've spent a lot of time, this is something that, that you know, the whole community of, of scientists has really spent a great deal of time in trying to understand what genes predispose to ME-CFS. What kinds of trauma, what kinds of viruses, fungi, um, what kind of abnormalities are there in the immune system? TB and NK cells, mitochondria, enzymes in mitochondria, pesticides, solvents, um, cytokines. Well, we're starting to think of those as different ways of ringing the same bell. And that really what might be um, a unifying way of thinking of things is that there is a, a unified cellular response to those stresses. So hibernation, torpor, estivation, tune, um, dour, these are all different stages, even caloric restriction and longevity research. These are all different ways of inducing decreases in mitochondrial metabolism and alterations in mitochondrial function that um, can allow the organism to survive a hostile environment for a longer period of time. But it is not a happy survival, okay? And in the case of MECFS, you know, um, this leads to, to years of, of suffering. So, so we've, we've conducted a dozen me metabolic studies over the past three years, two in autism, two in MECFS. We've looked at Gulf War illness, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, depression, primary sclerosis and cholangitis, exercise, aging, et cetera, and even a persistent state in worms. Why do we do that? Well, we, when we start looking at the pathways that are, that are abnormal, you can think of them as the petals on a flower, okay? And, and it turns out that when you do, you think of this as a Venn diagram, the pathways that seem to be shared in the center are the pathways of the cell danger response, okay? So each disease is a little different, but it also has an underlying unity that's shared with MECFS and other diseases. Okay? So they help to inform us about um, this underlying uh, unity. Yes. All right. Stop sharing here for a second. So when I first heard that, um, it, the way it was explained to me was that EMF is now recognized as one of those triggers. And it's essentially sending our brain cells, the, the mitochondria in our brain cells are being sent into a, a hibernation mode, essentially. And that's yeah. why we can't think. We don't have enough, they're not producing energy anymore. So we don't have enough energy to think. So it's been I, my, my biggest pet peeve um, over the last 10 years. So again, as I told you, like get interested 10 years ago in health, getting better and better and better and better. And you, you, you know, you take compliments, you know, you know, nice looking skin, you're doing better. People see you literally like raising you from your own ashes, you know, but it would get like lost in an instant. The moment I would step into a room with friends where there would be like a Wi-Fi router and all of a sudden, like, it feels like I'm suffocating. It feels like there's tiger in the in the room, you know. My body reacts this way, and um, and then a few minutes later, I look drunk from the all the histamines I release and all that. It's just mm -hmm. for people like us, it's it's unbelievable the contrast that can be from one experience, and it's an invisible thing. But you're in one place, you're completely fine, 
and all your efforts to take care of your health, they're paying off and doing good, looking good. And you're stepping into a different environment and it just collapses right in front of you. And, and while you're in the presence of people who are just doing fine. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And it's, uh, I think the hardest thing for me is it's invisible and you just, you can't, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And I, I, again, I think sometimes it's just, it's hard to recognize. Sounds like for you, sometimes it's easier for you. It's harder for me because I'm not as sensitive. I don't think as you are, Um, but it, you know, it's one one of those things, it's one of those things where I realize it after the fact, I'm like, that's what it was, you know? Um, All right. I'm going to, I'm going to share again. So this time, um, what I'm going to share is um, a, a brief clip from Daniel Debon, where he's talking about uh, a, a product that he created. And it's, it's just a very concentrated form of very, very purified omega-3s and um, how he took this from the work of Dr. Navio that Dr. Navio was doing um, in, his, in his lab. Let me share that. And I literally went all over the world. And I knew I needed to get a pure pot. Navio and the and the benefits I understood to some extent. I had good coaching from experts that would help me understand what I needed to look for. And believe it or not, I found it, believe it or not. And and I was I was excited that I we actually found a place and Jennifer it goes after inflammation most right most disease is inflammation yep. that's simple right Alzheimer's is inflammation you know and, and so it's one of those basic things um, that you go after and that's what omega threes one of the most fundamental aspects of it. It goes after the inflammation of the of the of the body, and it re-nourishes the membrane of the cell. Literally, yeah, and, and I think that's what people need. To, you know, the big takeaway here is that um, that's what omega three does. It re-nourishes the cell. Uh, you know, last time we spoke, Daniel, you had told me that um, about Dr. Nadio. And I went and looked up his papers, and what I found was was astonishing. Um, yeah. And I couldn't, you know, every time um, every time I do a podcast and I talk to an expert like you, um, I'm always amazed at how little this information ha- has gotten out and, and explained to people. So, I mean, just so the audience understands, um, Dr. Navio who, as you said, created um, this cell danger response uh, way of explaining what was happening to cells that get triggered, right? He was studying it in the context of chronic fatigue syndrome. And, you know, the big debate, right, was always, oh, it's in your head. You know, we can't find anything wrong with you. And what he proved in 2016 unequivocally was it was not in people's heads. There was an absolute um, trigger that was causing these cells to react, you know, and he called that cell danger response, right? Yep. So, 
and, and and like and like you said, you know, one of the things you have to do is you have to stop that. So it's inflammation in the brain. It's inflammation. It's simple, yes. very ba- very basic stuff, right? Yeah. And it, its implication is so vast. And one, I you know, my coaches sort of suggested looking at his work. It's like the modern science of medicine. It, it really is earth shattering. What, what the way he views. Um, the body and and how it repairs, um, and 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 he he did studies where he used omegas and he and he used other um, pharmaceutical stuff which I don't particularly care for, uh, and so we already know we had some starting point, and I know what he used wasn't very good stuff, and yet he built built found substantial improvement, so. Um, that was like the starting point of us for light body. And we found the source, we bottled the source, and we began offering it to the market very recently, actually. So have you, have you uh, studied omega-3s at all? I'm curious, Gabrielle, in terms of... Uh, not that much in terms of uh, their effect on EMF sensitivity. Yeah. It's actually the first time I hear about it, so I'm definitely curious about that. Yeah, and, and I was surprised about that as as well. You know, I think as uh, biohackers, you know, we we talk about omega threes and omega sixes a lot in terms of the nutritional aspects um, and the differentiation between the two, and you know how mm-hmm. we we should have more omega threes. And there's so many so many debates, but um, what I thought was interesting was, you know, the the debate sometimes is where the omega threes come from. Um, and I can tell you that Daniel's source, I believe, is algae. And it's a very pure algae, which is one of the, the, the best ways to get it. Um, because as, as you know, fish and fish oils, it's tough because of the pollutants. Yeah, and they tend to go rancid and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So his formulations um, are, are unlike any that I've ever seen. And, and again, he hired a, an entire coaching team of top scientists to help him create that omega-3 specifically uh, for EMF hypersensitivity. So, yeah, so yeah, definitely I would, I would check it out, but you know, so what I like about Daniel's approach is he's trying to fix it from an internal aspect. And then I interviewed somebody else, um, Justin Franzen, and he's approaching it from the um, external uh way but i have to say like obviously daniel is uh the creator of defender shield that's his company so they have a lot of external products as well that block just straight out block you know emfs um but justin's approach is unique because it is trying to get us back to the grounding aspect yes to to convert the emf into less harmful um wavelengths so I'll play that, and that's that's actually my last clip. So, share that last clip. And I'm curious to see what you think about about this as well. When you want to make someone better, the easiest and quickest way to do it is to get rid of the stressors that are wearing them down, and. EMF is an environmental stressor, the man-made EMF. It's an environmental stressor and it's a biostressor. 
And so I would see athletes breaking down wearing smartwatches or driving Teslas, and they were just bombarded by all these invisible waveforms, which are essentially toxins. So when we clear the stressors out, they just get better. To dive a little deeper, when you're sleeping, your brainwave states at one or below one to eight waves per second or hertz. And a cell phone is 2.45 billion waves per second. So that's a, 10 zeros faster than how we sleep revenue. Human resonance is that healing pulse. So what we're doing is we look to the mother nature of this challenge. We're not a man-made device attempting to keep up with man-made signals. That's a futile effort because right now, Jennifer, we're at 50 times 5G. That's the level of toxicity that our environment has and that we're adapting to right now. 50 times with nuclear, with satellites, with the internet of things, with our smart grid, with our cell phones. That all that 50 times 5G is what doctors are saying the levels are at right now. So we have to turn to mother nature to do what she does best and ground us and pull those electrons from that negative amount of charge and recharge our body battery. Can you talk us through exactly what this is? Definitely. Jennifer, we, we found a place on the earth where we hand mine crystals. They've been compressed from an underground water source. So they have magnetic properties like shungite or amethyst. And they also have these mag this moisture content from being compressed from forever from an underground water source. So those pink crystals, exactly what they look like. And they're beautiful. They're soapy or raw, uh, soft. So what we do is we put them inside this grounding bag and okay. deploy it this way. So you literally keep it sealed. We have a double seal. There's an inner bag of crystals. And then we have a, a silver bag that it's in and then an outer decorative cloth. And you literally keep it sealed, use it as is. And you would put this on or under your bed. And you can put it on your bed at the head of the bed. Uh, because if your bed's close or touching the wall, it's charged to the level of the outlet. So we're really getting a lot of EMF vibration from you know, our beds. And if you have metal coils or metal frames. Uh, you sleep with your, with your cell phone next to you. Hey, that too. <laughs> yeah. And again, so that's like someone tapping you on your shoulder all night long saying, hey, talk to me, talk to me, Jennifer, talk to me. And you're going, it's two in the morning, like I got to sleep. And so that's where these EMFs are. Your brain tries to figure out what's pinging it in the middle of the night. And you go into what we call a twilight sleep. So you don't get that deep restorative REM sleep. Right. The low waves per second that we talked about in the beginning, it, you just don't get there. So over extended period of time, we don't have quality sleep. Our hormones, hormones get disrupted. You know, just everything falls apart <laughs> when you don't get restorative sleep. So the grounding bags are amazing for converting a waveform because they have a resonance that's so close to that human resonance that, that kicks off this medicinal frequency to convert a waveform and allow you to really be, have the waves that are on you be beneficial. So we're not looking to hide. We're not looking to block. We're converting a waveform just like Mother Nature does and is designed to do for us. 
So have you have you heard of grounding bags? Oh, you're on mute. There we go. No, I've never heard of them before. Um, I'm not sure I still get the, the principle if it's actually a, something that is used to ground you or as a resonance effect to mimic like some of those um, PMF masks that what they do, like they broadcast like Schumann resonance or this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I, I think from um, what I remember what he was talking about, because there's another part of the interview that I didn't show you, but it's it's doing both because uh, he, what, the way he explained it was the crystals are actu actually acting one way. And then the, the Faraday bag that they're wrapped in actually amplifies what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you get this double effect and it's, it's uh, mad physics, <laughs> um, which I, which I can't explain, but it was really interesting. So I have to say, I, I did, I did get, you know, one of those, um, and spend some more money because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, it's, it's a huge problem for me when I'm in my office all day and I want, so I was do I did more experiments, Gabrielle, like you were doing and it's, it's night and day. Um, I could, so that there was a, a, a particular light I was using that as soon as I turned it on, I, I, it start it would start and um i found that there was also a very specific monitor that i was using as a second monitor that as soon as i plugged it in same thing i, I could just feel it on my face it was like it was like all of a sudden the sun was was on my face it was like burning my face and um i found that i could tolerate it way better if if i had one of these nearby if I didn't, um, I immediately had to turn it off. So how close do you have to keep it from your body? Like you have to keep it on you or just like a few feet away? A few feet away. All right. Yeah, it has a pretty um and Justin had explained it too, it has a pretty, pretty wide reach. I think he's I think he suggested if you really wanted to do your whole house, you know, if you if you have a you know a decent sized house, he, he's probably gonna recommend like 20 of them. Mm -hmm. cover the whole house but um but i just i have one in my office and i have one under my bed um but yeah i mean but the, i mean I'm, like i i was skeptical i gotta be honest when you think about it like go go find somebody that lives in the i don't know 18th century and tells them that you got that little square in your hand that is able to connect to well, I mean, science has gotten crazy for the better and the worse you know yeah and I have nothing against technology, although like I could say like technology has been bullying me for about 10 years now. Right. But uh, it's about finding those solutions. And some of them seem far fetched. But, uh, I mean, nature is so complex and the world is so complex. I'm I'm down to try everything. The only limitation I got is money because I spent quite a bit of money on this issue. But um, yeah, I, I found solutions that I never thought would be like. For example, one of the ones I'm experimenting with on and off at the moment is um, some of you that are familiar with like Davis Spray or guys like Luch, sorry, the, the famous biohackers, they're using it. It's called Quantum Upgrade. Um, it's made by a company that is called Lila Quantum Tech. Oh, yes. I have I have uh, a Lila necklace. Mm -hmm. oh, got, got one too. But actually, I found more uh, of a significant effect from their new service that just came online like a few months ago called Quantum Upgrade. I cannot okay. tell how it works. They got some crazy quantum computers stacked in a room. 
that is just blasting quantum energy at you once you put your details in. And the way it felt for me was again, it's one of the it's that onion phenomenon, you know, like one layer. And it's kind of like the noise when you know when you got your fridge running, all of a sudden it stops and you go, oh, and you yeah. didn't notice, yeah, yeah. notice that your fridge was actually getting on your nerves. It was exactly the same feeling, like something peeled off. And one of the things that I didn't say say about EMF is the sense of depersonalization. When I get fried and at various stages, I definitely feel like I feel like a body. I feel like biology. I do stuff. I see myself, but I don't feel. I, it's gonna sound so fucking cliche, but I, I don't feel like my soul anymore. It feels like my soul is gone. I'm just functioning biology, you know. And with that service, yeah, it feels like I got that extra spring is my step that comes back. I got like you know the joy of, of being alive and being alive in a body has came back from using that service. But that, that was, that's one of the more, um, so, well, it's not subtle when I'm completely fried and I tell you the feeling of depersonalization, but even with low level exposure, like what I got in my house, because there's no Wi-Fi, there's no nothing, there's definitely still something going on, you know, and having that service on inside my house, I could definitely feel that subtle uh, peeling of the onion layer and feeling like, wow, okay, this is what life feels like, you know, life cursing through your body and not being like compressed by all that energetic harassment that emf is for me yeah uh so i i'm not familiar with this can uh, can you can you explain a little more detail around this new quantum service like so exact is there a device in your house or no, no it's 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 all there it, you do you do it all online you they got, oh, okay. yeah that's why it's it's one of these things where i would completely agree and accept that anybody would be skeptical with this because okay. you go online, you pay for your service there. They got different services. One is for you. One is for your entire house. Um, you got one for your car. They got one for your pets. They got, and what it does, uh, you, you enter your details. So full name, date of birth, very few details actually. And you turn it on and you can choose. So what they got is a Hawkins scale of different consciousness levels. And it goes from like 600 on their service, but it goes from much lower than that, but much lower than that is like emotions like guilt, shame and, and all that. So why would you want okay, that? Okay. So start at 600 and goes up to 900. And um, okay. that's just me. They, they say to go slow, but I just went straight up to 900 and put the booster at like 11,000. And I just felt instantly better. And I spell all my days at their maximum capacity. And I definitely feel like, okay, there's a sense of, Meness that is back. I don't know if I'm expressing myself correctly, but like I feel like me, and it's it's been <laughs> it's been very very um, weird uh, living through all those depersonalization. And again, in that fingering out phase, because now I know that it's EMF. But as you said, there's so many people out there who think it's like like a virus, or am I crazy? Am I nuts? Maybe it's what I ate or something. It can be just from EF because we know they interact with our brain. We know they interact with our consciousness. We know they can do all that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that makes me think about people who are potentially bipolar or think that they're bipolar. I mean, what if, what if it is literally not a psychiatric issue at all, but it's whether or not how, how much they're being affected by EMF at the time, you know? That's the thing. Like I don't consider anybody to be psychiatric until we've addressed like neurotoxicity and EMF. Because take those two out, and then we can see if somebody is a bit cuckoo. But it's just first you need to address the thing that actually are. And because like our lifespan is so short, you know. But this is very new. This is a new period for humanity. We don't know what these things do long term, and we are just like guinea pigs. 
experiencing with this and that? Yeah, I know that I when I spoke with Daniel uh, Devon from Defender Shield, he talked about that as well. Like, you know, because he um, started back in Bell Labs, working for Bell Labs back in the 70s, you know, where they were figuring out how to make the first cell phone. And they never crossed their mind that there was a signal that was going into the body, you know, let alone into the brain. And, you know, still that's not really even accepted widely that that's happening. No. You know, even though we we started seeing cancer clusters in the 80s, once all of those towers went up, I mean, it's just been a progression of things, right? But nobody's ever recognized that it's a really a health issue. Mm -hmm. Still not, you know, you know, among, you know, regular doctors or or anything. But um, I, I, I just find what you say so interesting about how, and I'm glad you said it about how, you know, if we would have taken a cell phone into a remote area without, you know, people who are not into technology, they would think it's, it's magic, you know, mm-hmm. and some, some kind of woo woo. Um, but we, but we understand that it's science and how it works and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I do feel like when it comes to EMF um, and even biohacking, a lot of times, you know, all this stuff we do sounds kind of like woo woo, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, it is, and it's just, it's really invisible and you can't quantify it other than how it makes you feel. And so how you're discussing, like, you feel disconnected from your soul. Yeah. Uh, that really, that really resonates. Yeah. I mean, do you have any other solution you want to talk about? I don't know how much time we got for this. But yeah, this is- no, um, you know, I'm pretty much uh, done sharing. I don't know if, if anybody else had any questions um, before we close out. I know there's a number of people who have joined the calls since we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on my part, I got a few things because I, again, I, I'm not affiliated with any company. So I just feel like sharing this horizontally. And if it helps anybody out there. So much yeah, better. absolutely. Go for it. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about is actually the, the different layers of EMF, mm-hmm. meaning like there's, for example, there's a carrier or a wave that is just pure electricity, as you said. Right. Some of them, some of these waves are like billions of hertz. And what it does on a physiological level is actually charges our body. And if you take the average person and measure them with like an electrical, I don't know, voltmeter, you would see that they're about like between four and nine volts all the time where they should be zero. I think our cells communicate with like 0.17 millivolts or something like that. So that's absolutely ridiculous, especially when we sleep. And um, so to address that side of the thing of things, I've found, well, I've been referred to a, a guy who was a, a we used to be an audio sound engineer. So this guy used to work like in music studios and used to do extreme grounding for music studios because, you know, there needs to be no noise uh, when you're recording a tape or no electrical noise and no background noise. So they got these things that is used in music studios for a while now um, where they got these little boxes that capture sound and actually sound dies off into it. And when the EMF issue became came to be known, this guy figured that, that this technology could be applied to actually EMF because on one perspective, EMF is just noise. On, on That's why I told you about the electrical component. Many other components, as we said, like the effect, the nefarious effect, the middle. But on that note, though, he figured that if he could trap EMF in a room 
and just get the signal to die off without altering the, the signal itself. It would lower the, um, the background noise of these things. And so we invented a technology, a few of them actually, some that you plug into the wall, some that I carry with me. This is called a pocket ground. And what it is, is actually um, exactly the same phenomenon I told you about. It's like super conductive material. So EMF will prefer preferentially like be attracted to this because it's more conductive than other materials. And inside it is like a circuit where the sound ripples and ripples and ripples until it dies off and gets actually absorbed by some sort of, um, how do you call that? A ceramic that oh. will get off a negative ion once this thing is lower enough. So it actually like emits negative ion just because EMF gets into it and it gets converted into that. And so that's really the science compressed. If you're interested, I'll give you the name because this guy writes, he lays it all out. You can read like two pages. It's super technical stuff. But when you're into, you know, when you're finding it, trying to find a solution, you're just down to read all that. And the guy is an electrical engineer, so it's super detailed stuff, but you can still understand it. To talk about my experience with this thing, though, um, when I first grabbed this thing, it felt like all the muscle, again, that phenomenon of peeling the onion layer, you know, stuff that is here, you don't know it's here. And when it goes away, you finally notice that it was here. When I started grabbing this thing, I felt all the tension in my arms being drained into this thing, like muscle tensions, because one of the electrical aspects of EMF is actually on the side of electricity once again, not energetics and all that. It actually uses our muscles to ground. So we are grounding all the ambient EMF into our muscles, leading up to more muscle tension and all that. And um, it's got insoles too, which where I got the most effect from it. Insoles made with the same material that you put into your shoes. And it literally felt like all my legs were tingling and my muscles became way more flexible after that. And that's when, you, again, like you it's death by a thousand cuts because you don't notice it but when it goes away you're like okay that was there so that was uh, that's that that's cool. just what addressing one component because it didn't make me not uh emf sensitive but you definitely solved that issue with emf and so they got ones that you plug into your room that will like eliminate the background noise in your room you got ones that you stand on that i got right here uh, i'll give you the names and um He's got a, he's actually, yeah, he's got a website, but he's more active on his Facebook group. Where oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely would like to, to post that in the show notes so that people could check that out as well. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'll do yeah. That. I feel you then. Um, oh, oh, yeah. The biggie lately, I'm going to go through the other ones quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The biggie lately, well, a few months ago was CBD because I, I was not like trying it. I was not familiar with CBD. I was only familiar with the drops, but actually vaporizing CBD herb has been quite impressive to quell the brain inflammation. Mm -hmm. But the biggie lately that I was sharing on our um, shared calls is actually uh, something that I was not familiar about, which is high-dose melatonin. Uh, uh, okay. I've always been cautious with melatonin because, you know, it's a hormone. So people say, like, you'll, you'll um, stop the feedback loop, you'll stop making it if you take too much. Turns out to be, from what I've read and from my own experience now, like quitting cold turkey after taking massive doses for some time, it doesn't seem to be true. And you, it seems like you can take high dose melatonin for an extended period of time. The guy who's um, Klingon talks about it. There's a great doctor called John Lurance. Um, again, you'll find him on Dave Spray and Ben Greenfield and all those types of biohackers who's been promoting that for some time now. And I cannot even tell you um, what melatonin has done for me lately. Like it feels like I'm sleeping for real. 
And mind you, I haven't shared that, but when it comes to grounding, I sleep in a tent outdoors. That's where I get my best quality sleep. I can still not sleep indoors and feel like I'm fully rested. So I've been sleeping outdoors for like, I don't know, five years now. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, totally fine. But it's I get super good sleep sleeping outdoors. I do not get good sleep when I sleep indoors. Uh, no matter my voodoo, all, all those stuff, it's definitely. But using melatonin plus sleeping outdoors for an EMF sensitive person, I feel like I'm sleeping for the first time in years. Like de- definitely good resting deep sleep. And it helps to bring the mast cell activation syndrome. Mm-hmm. It helps to bring all that fucking histamine release and cytokine storm you get from prolonged exposure. I mean, cell danger response is such, I'm so glad you brought it up because most people do not understand that. It was my experience, but it's the experience of so many people. Some people live in a physiological stress um, state of survival all the time. All the time. So it doesn't matter what supplements they take. It doesn't matter what they do. They might be able with a good massage or, I don't know, (laughs) a very long hug to switch it off. But then they'll be exposed. If EMF is the trigger for them, they'll be exposed and like it all goes down the drain. Yet again, it's been my experience. And uh, melatonin completely stops that for me, like the body feeling of that. Uh-huh. And we're talking like um, dose of 200 milligrams, the, the, the recommended dose in medicine circle is two milligrams. Here we're talking like 200 milligrams or 400 milligrams. Okay. And- thanks for sharing. That was, that was going to be my next question. Uh, I, and high dose melatonin has been actually written up for a lot of different things lately. They're finding, yeah, they're finding a lot of, of things about it. Um, even, even with tumor. Response. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely insane. Which is why I believe it's been banned in France now. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because it's helpful. Because it's working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's working. Wow. So what else? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, ice baths, naps, long forest walks. Um, really, the Alan Mayer thing. I've tried things like I don't know if you're familiar with biogeometry. Mm-hmm. Heard about it? Mm-hmm. It has done wonders for people. Has done anything for me, and that's what I wanted to point out. It's like emf affects every one of us but it's definitely a puzzle you know and for me i'm still putting the pieces together like as i said like i feel like aluminum toxicity and glyphosate are my main onion layer that i'm trying to address at the moment but for some other people i know that biogeometry which is again far-fetched and real weird stuff has worked like wonders for entire cities this guy has worked like in switzerland actually and has gone but um he's helped entire cities that had become electrosensitive heal Thanks to biogeometry. Just, okay. just want to figure it out there because I've tried it and it didn't do much for me. Okay. Oh, and last thing, very fringe, but I mean, if there's an electrically sensitive person listening that is looking for relief, because when I'm very, very, very zombified, like let's say the other day I went to a photo booth because I needed to do papers for my driver's license. And this thing was just like fucking just, I didn't know, but now they're like sending your information to the government and stuff. I, I look like shit on my my driver's license picture because I look drunk. Like I instantly flushed out, and I was, and they took the picture, and now my driver's license got that picture. It's a funny story, but coming out of this, I did my extreme measure, which is again, don't do this at home, kids. Only for the people that are like zombified and looking for relief. I use um, nitrous oxide, mm. not nitric oxide, nitrous oxide, which is laughing gas or yes, like the thing that kids use to get high. <laughs> but actually, what I do is I pair it with ozone. Okay. And what it does is completely like unrust my system because after this type of experience, I feel like 
lack of blood flow to my head, although I'm, I've got histamine. It's bizarre, you know, because in in one sense, you like you get increased blood flow from the mast cell and the cell danger response. And in the other part, you're literally suffocating. So what I do is I take nitrous oxide and I mix it with ozone uh, in my ears with a cathy. How do you call it? The thing you put in your ears. And it completely opens back up my system. And that's one way I've found to be functional again after a big, big, big exposure. Because what it will do is it would boost nitric oxide like crazy. And it will shift your brain into slow delta waves. So it actually feels like you're sleeping. And during the delta waves, it's an awake delta. So you're awake and you're kind of high. But um, delta wave is actually when the cerebral spinal fluid can go into the brain and wash it off. And that's what it feels when I'm exposed to EMF. Like my brain just shuts off and it doesn't drain properly and it doesn't clean. And that's why it took back in the days um, doing naps to clean it up. So you're saying it, it, it's actually promoting like uh, lymphatic, your lymphatic system? Lymphatic system activation while being awake. <laughs> wow, that, that, uh, that's, that's really interesting. I, I'm not supposed to say that because it's supposed to be like a bad thing that people do. But again, th- those fringe stuff for people that are living through hell, because that's how it feels. Like, I mean, I'm in the middle of my day. All of a sudden, I just go into a photo booth and my day is crude. Um I wanted to put it out there because then I can just do that and go back into my day. Well, that that's fascinating. I I've not heard of that, um, but I can I, but I can understand how that would immediately make you feel better because you're literally forcing your body to go into repair mode by doing that. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, it, it, and for anybody who's listening who doesn't understand uh when you go into deep sleep at night your your body literally uh your lymphatic system activates and it literally washes your brain cells and and it removes all of the toxic cellular waste that builds up during the day um and it's it's an extraordinary thing we've only actually known about it for i don't know like maybe 20 years gabrielle you know um, but it's it's relatively we didn't know that this existed. And in fact, scientists were perplexed for a long time about how waste got out of the brain because nothing could come across the blood brain barrier. So when the lymphatic system was discovered, it was like a huge aha, um, you know, f- for for neuroscientists. So thank you for, and for people who are like always charged up with, you know, that four to nine volts we get when we get exposed to EMF, that lymphatic activation doesn't turn on properly while they're sleeping. Correct. Like they never, that's, that's, that's why people who don't enter deep sleep get so chronically ill. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it just goes south from here. Yeah. Great. Um, All right. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Does anybody have any questions um, for Gabrielle before we close out for today? I don't think so. I don't see anything in chat. Oh, Lynn, I think you're trying to talk, but you're you're muted. I just wanted to thank you both for doing this. Oh, EMFs since the late 90s to the point where I couldn't have any cell phones, you know, anything at all, computers in my house. I did a lot of work for two years. And uh, Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, arthritis, all diagnoses. And I'm super sensitive to EMFs. So I'm going to go out and get the grounding bag. That's just another opportunity to take energy to a higher level. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. big thing I discovered was my, my, quote, smart refrigerator 
was the highest source of dirty energy in my home. So that's something to know. It's very difficult to get it unsmart, but it can be done. So I just want to let you have that little tidbit. Yeah, Lynn, that's a great point. I never thought about that because they talk about the smart meters all the time are being a huge, huge source of EMF, but I never thought about the smart appliances. The internet of things is definitely going to crank things up to a whole nother level because then, I mean, think about it. It's just your whole food is being exposed to that. Are you eating irradiated food plus your, I mean, yeah. David, did you have anything you wanted to add? Thank you. Um, Jennifer, Gabrielle, really, really happy to have uh, witnessed this today. And I'm really appreciative of the work you're doing and sharing it with the world. Um, there were a lot of very interesting points. Um, a lot of the stuff that uh, you brought up, Gabrielle, uh, in particular, John Laurent's here in the Tampa Bay area. It's, it's, it's uh, fascinating um, how deep you've gone to solve this um, just fascinating, but um, uh, horrible, you know, challenge that we're all facing. Yeah. And, um, you know, what does it all mean? You know, like, what does it all really mean? I think it goes so much deeper and we're not going to figure that out on this call. Um, but, uh, I just continue to question, you know, what does it all mean? So, um, I'm, I'm deeply sorry that you're so affected. I'm not right. I mean, I'm not the way you are, although that I, I know that I'm affected. I, I do take um, my share of precautions, um, or, you know, I do my share of shielding, if you will. Um, and, um, I just want to thank you both. Oh, you're very welcome, David. And I, I, I just, uh, want to close this out here with Gabrielle. I had no idea that what you had been suffering through. So I really echo David's comments. This has been incredible, uh, for me to learn about, as David said, the depth to which you have gone researching all of this and what works for you and what doesn't. So um, definitely I want to share um, the devices and uh, I'll an email using, yeah. uh, with everybody. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate you being on today. This has been great. So thank you, everyone. I, I have one. I have one last thing. Sure. Gabrielle, you know, if you ever come to the United States or the Florida in particular, uh, you're welcome here. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I'd, I'd say field trip to David's. <laughs> I'm in Pennsylvania, so we're like staring winter in the. Man, in I can pitch my tent in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. You, you can. Uh, and, I, and I'm getting sun right now. So, yeah, there you go. You look you look very relaxed, David. I want today. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.